Inquisitor Castian Saya returns to Coruscant to speak to High Inquisitor Tremaine. But first, he has a memory core to deliver. Castian Saya, it has been about 15 years since you last set eyes on the planet that you called home. Last time you were there, you were not happy with the circumstances where you were leaving. You were being taken away by a Jedi librarian, told that you have special powers and are going to have a special place in the, the workings of the galaxy. And you left, and we all know things turned out rather poorly after that. For a while, but then things looked up, didn't it? Yeah, the Empire discovered my abilities in the mines, and I was taken and I was trained. And as a budding, close to being 20-year-old, my invincibility knows no bounds. But you don't get that from the scene right now, because I am sitting on a cloud skiffer as we're moving across the ocean towards where my parents should be. My character is nervously trying to keep his flag from bouncing, but failing. And he just continues looking out the window. Sitting next to you on the bench is Inquisitor Tremaine, your mentor. He's a few years younger than how we've seen him previously, but he still has the the signs of someone that is who's battle-scarred. He still has the cybernetic replacement over his eye. His arm is cybernetic, so this is still an easily recognizable and, of course, still very imposing figure. He makes a pointed look at your bouncing leg and then looks at you. And you just feel, you you have that feeling, even though you're looking away, if somebody is watching you. I immediately calm myself, push my leg down with uh, strength to keep it from bouncing, and then I try to make my face as neutral as possible as I stare forward. I don't remember it being this cloudy. It's a lot more cloudy. It used to be no clouds in the sky, I say, as I look towards the window once more. Many things can change. And you are sure they're, they're here, yes? That this is where they're still stationed? It is the last recorded residence. Yes, good. And it isn't long after that before your cloud skiffer begins its descent to the landing pad at Little Moncal. My leg's back to bouncing, but I decide the best way to stop that is I stand up while we start landing and I just hold on to the railing above me, and my face is a mixture of suppressed fear, almost. But I'm trying to keep a stiff upper lip for Tremaine. I don't want to embarrass him. He saved me, he knows me, he trusts me, I am strong. And of course the two of you aren't the only passengers on this cloud skiffer. There are several other people who are making Lil Mon Cal their final destination. Several Mon Calamari themselves, of course, as well as other aid workers and tourists that are visiting this area. It's a, a very pleasant area, it's a nice way to get away from the city and the hustle and bustle of the rest of the the galaxy but everybody is giving you and Tremaine a wide berth no one else on this cloud skiffer has any kind of military bearing they're all giving us a wide berth and as we land a little mon cal i think it's a female it's hard for my character to tell she drops like a ball that rolls up to my feet and she immediately breaks from her mom's arms and runs up to me and grabs it and there's a little bit of a jostle and she kind of bumps into me and she looks up and gives me a big wide grin and my character at first he offers her a slight chuckle before spotting Tremaine and then his face goes back to cold go back to your seat she kind of squeals 
I said get back to your seat now. And she r- runs. I look approvingly towards Tremaine because I'm anything but a puppy. Tremaine's face is impassive, but he says, There's no use in showing force to one who cannot show force back. Of course, sir. Yes, sir. And the flight crew finishes their landing procedure, and the docking bay door opens. How is Little Mon Cow? It's been a while. The last time I was there, it was a few emergency centers that were just quickly put up. Nothing much more. Is it a bustling city now? Is it a small tropical paradise? What's it look like? It's a small tropical paradise. As I said, this is something of a tourist destination, still off the beaten track. This isn't Disneyland by any means. But it's a nice little tropical beach community. There are greeters employed by the landing bay who are there giving the traditional little Mon Cal greeting of a necklace of seashells. One of the Mon Calamari approaches you with a tinkling necklace of delicate seashells. I hold out a hand just basically not showing force, but to say, I'm good. You also notice that the shells are synthetic. I brush past the greeter. And in the landing bay past the greeter, you see some scenes of joyful reunion as families come together. You see employers greeting new employees with a a formality, but a friendliness. But there's nobody there that looks familiar to you. Which is not surprising. Tremaine said he put information in ahead, but they were having a hard time with their system because of a storm. So we just showed up. So there's no reason why mom or dad should have been here. Or, I'm sorry, Saya. Mrs. or Mr. Saya. Uh, should have been here. It's fine. I look towards Tremaine, uh, kind of wondering how we're going to do this. He really kind of just woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to grab my outfit and where we're going here. Mm-hmm. Little preparation. He told me that they couldn't reach my parents, but we were just going to go directly there. Tremaine takes the lead. He walks you to an area where it's a galactic taxi stand. You have several speeders that are there, all ready to be hired to take you to different places. And he just imperiously walks up to the first one in line and jumps in and waits for you to follow him. It's a tuber. <laughs> yeah, I hop into the taxi. And then Tremaine looks to you expectantly. Uh, it was Evex Center 048. You got it. And the, the Mon Calamari driver puts the speeder into gear and you whiz off again bouncing leg but i can blame that now on the terrain absolutely the smooth pristine beaches <laughs> the sound of birds in the trees evac center 048 is not terribly far from the beach so before you know it you have arrived This is beginning to look familiar, because you spent a lot of your very formative years at this evac center. This is the hospital that your parents helped set up. You don't remember it, but you were told that before you arrived that this was an empty, desolate area, very poor, in need of basic services, and your parents were among the first people who came out here to help. Hi, Smark. Yeah. Remembering that my parents are the reason this place is a hub now. You're welcome. And do you go inside? Yes. As I enter the building, I realize I'm taking the lead, and I stop and wait for Tremaine. He was right behind you. So, yeah, I'm going towards the uh, the nurse's stand. There's a Mon Calamari woman waiting there. Can I help you? Yes, I am looking to speak with... I, I wished... 
I'm here to speak with Dorian and Elizabeth Saya. She furrows her large, bulbous eyes, turns to her terminal, taps a couple of keys. I'm sorry we don't have any record of... Were they patients? Uh, no, they... they uh, they're, they're probably doctors. They're, they're doctors here. They were doctors here. They're probably uh, maybe administrators now. They, uh, do you have any directors? Um, my mother was uh, known for xenobiology, I, I believe. No, we don't have anybody by those... Just, just check the terminal. You didn't even look at the terminal. She looks at the terminal perfunctorily. No, we don't have any doctors by those names. They or... were doctors here 15 years ago. Where did they go? This is their last known address. At the mention of 15 years ago, her eyes widen a bit. Excuse me. And she hustles off quickly. You and Tremaine are left alone in this waiting area for a, a couple of minutes. There's other people here, mostly Mon Calamari, of course, some of whom seem to be ill. Others are obviously very nervous, most likely waiting for the results of their loved ones who are deeper inside the hospital. But nobody is paying any attention to you. On the transport, it was very much very purposeful of, oh, we're just going to pretend these people don't exist. Here, it's they don't notice you at all. You are not registering on these people's concerns. After a couple of minutes, a human woman comes back out, and she is dressed very conservatively. She's a little... Uh, she's an older woman, probably about the same age as your parents, and she has dark hair that is swept back severely from her face and is obviously wearing a doctor's coat. Hello, I'm Anami Garntum. I am the director nom of this... Nom. Excuse me? You're Nom Nom, I remember. I'm Castian, Saya. And she had, of course, a very professional decorum about her, but when you introduce yourself, she just breaks into a smile. Oh, little Castian, you've, you've come home. Come here. And she holds out her arms for a hug. I do step forward, but then I remember Tremaine's there, and I reach out, and I just, I just lay a hand on her shoulder. Where's Lisbeth and Dorian? I'm so sorry. We didn't know how to get a hold of you. We didn't know where you had gone. After the... And she, her eyes flicker for just a moment at Tremaine. After the rise of the Emperor, we didn't know what had happened to you. Where's Dorian and Lisbeth? I'm so sorry, Castian. There was a plague that came through, absolutely ravaged the entire settlement. We had a 40% mortality rate, 50% mortality rate. Your parents were, they worked tirelessly. Day and night, they didn't rest. They were, their sole goal was to help the people. And it got the better of them. My character stares straight ahead, almost through her. His face completely void of any emotion, save for the slight shimmering of his eyes almost. Please, come back to my office. We can sit down and we can catch up. That won't be necessary. I was merely on my way through. Thank you for your information. It is much appreciated. And were they buried? I'm afraid they weren't. There's too many casualties. We, we had to... Mass grave. Or incineration. Well... It was <clears throat> best to stop the spread of the plague. No, of course. Of course, one final sacrifice that they provided. You should be proud of them, Castian. As I'm sure they would be proud of you. Again, she looks more at Tremaine than you as she says that. Thank you very much for your time. I won't keep you anymore. She sighs as you seem very intent on, on leaving. Just keep in touch. 
Everyone here would love to know what is going on with you. I just turn on my heels and move off. Goodbye. I hold up a hand over my shoulder, brushing past Tremaine and moving to the front of the building. I get to where the taxi dropped us off, and I just remain there still for a moment, taking in deep breaths, until finally nearby a window cracks. And my character closes his eyes and takes a deep breath as if that pressure is finally out of his system. And as you come back to your, your senses, Tremaine is standing next to you. Looking out at the beautiful beachscape as the sun is beginning to set over the ocean. You knew they died, didn't you? I did. You were right. My past is best buried. This is the final bit of dirt on that grave, yes? Yes. And I am without family. Tremaine claps his hand on your shoulder. You have a son. The scene shifts to an older-looking Castian, this one a spry age of 25, 26, moving down the hallway of his vessel, uh, brushing past Bone, who is still repairing some sort of pipe that burst at some point. Uh, he moves towards the bridge. Laris? Yes? How far are we away? We were supposed to be there several hours ago. The hyperspace traffic surrounding Coruscant has been extreme. How long? Another four hours. Another four hours. Alert Tremaine that uh, we will be delayed. I will be in my room. Already done, sir. Thank you, Laris. And do you need anything? No, sir. Yes, okay. Uh, and all, all the records have been altered as I instructed you to, yes? Yes, sir. It is top secret. That is absolutely top secret. That, that It involved the naval uh, code. This It's part of that situation. So they, they want no other uh, readouts of the asteroid. Mine. So you have said, sir? Yes. Yes, of course. Um, and you double-checked my work on Bone. You, everything looks fine, yes? Yes, sir. Great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I will I'll be in my quarters. And Castian is hurrying to his quarters, his five o'clock shadow, showing that he has not really shaven these last couple days. He's a nervous wreck. But when he gets to his quarters, he goes to the small, very small refresher that he has there and begins trying to tidy up his features hide the growing black bags under his eyes, comb his hair, clean his hair, <laughs> shave. And just as he's finishing up, his hand suddenly cramps up and he takes hold of it in pain. <sighs> I squeeze my hand until I feel that pain subside. And then I'm moving back to my quarters and opting to meditate, which is something Inquisitors isn't really supposed to do. It's something I've been doing more often. Uh, you're supposed to be embracing your emotions, but at this point, my character is kind of reverting back to some of this training as a Jedi of focusing and breathing and trying not to think about the upcoming meeting where he has to lie through his teeth to Tremaine. But before you meet with Tremaine, you have another meeting, don't you? Yes, I do. And let's just move past the Coruscant traffic to... You are approaching an older part of Coruscant, again, one of the lower levels, not into the underworld by any means, but closer to the, the surface, not the gleaming skyscrapers mm. that you're used to hobnobbing around. This is a little darker, a little dingier, but it is Coruscant's best approximation of a park. You've been instructed to wait on the third park bench. This is a nice little, uh, probably about a kilometer park it has a little bit of greenery that's really more brown at this point, and it's studded with several benches around and not very many people. Most of the people that you do see are obvious 
prostitutes or drug users. But there's, you know, there's a sweet older couple who are, are holding each other's arms as they're kind of shuffling along through the park. And you find your, your third park bench just as they are crossing in front of it. I brush past them because I'm rude like that and just take a seat. And I stare straight ahead. Nothing subtle about what I'm doing. I'm here to meet somebody. I'm too tired to be subtle. So I sit there with the briefcase on my lap and I stare straight ahead at a fountain that's not too far away. Give me a vigilance roll. And this is going to be difficulty two red and a purple. One success, no threats, no advantages. As you're sitting on the bench, you have just a moment's recognition that somebody is approaching you with purpose before that person sits down next to you. And it is a man, you think, in a cloak with a hood pulled up over his face. You can see just a little bit of his profile beyond the edge of the hood, and he has blue skin. Oh, so it's like a Pantorian. Yes. As far as you can can tell at this point. This park used to be delightful before the hawk bats. And the hawk bats always rise at sunset. <laughs> I, I chuckle, shake my head, and then I set down the briefcase on my feet. It's everything that you asked for. I made sure to wipe all evidence that I downloaded it. Looks like they were shipping a large amount of durium. Interesting. Thank you for your service. What's so interesting about durium? I mean, other than that it's essential, but the amount of durium mined from that entire asteroid field seems like... An entire armada is being built. That is a question you should forget you ever had. Yes, sir. I don't even salute. I just stand up. As you stand up, you catch a a glimpse of the the man's face. He's wearing goggles Mm -hmm. that obscure so much of his face. All you would be able to tell someone is that you think he's Pantorian. There's Mm -hmm. really no other defining features. He bends down, grabs the suitcase, and then just continues sitting as he kind of looks beyond you. Watch your back. I just keep on moving. I don't even acknowledge he said anything, and I'm moving towards the opposite direction uh, of where I entered the park. As you are going towards the exit, you see two very imposing figures marching toward you. Keeping it cool? I have nothing to, I have nothing to fear on Coruscant, so I'm just going to keep on moving forward. And as they get closer, you can see that they are wearing ISB uniforms. I slow my steps and offer them a respectful nod. Tenth brother. Are these brothers? No. No, they are definitely lower ranking than you. Okay. Yes. You are to come with us under the orders of High Inquisitor Tremaine. I was going to Tremaine right now. Then you will have no problem accompanying us. Absolutely. Yes. And I'd start marching. They're walking just behind you, but one is flanking you at each shoulder. Very obviously, you are being escorted, no matter what you think. My character's scared. But he's trying to hide that. But he keeps on telling himself that most likely is Tremaine is curious why he had Laris not park at ISB headquarters. He had her park in a public area closer to the park. So this is, this is not a big thing. He's probably curious where the, where Castian's ship is at right now. It's fine. Nothing to worry about. It's fine. It's fine. Keep telling yourself that as you are. Do you want me to roll to see how cool I can be? Sure, if you'd like to. I would love to see how cool. Please don't have a despair in me kill these people and that old couple. Uh, Just average. It's too purple. One success, but four threats. Dang. I'm sweating. Like, these people probably don't, won't know that I'm, they just think it's hot. But Tremaine's gonna know I'm worried. So I am walking. And every other time that you have 
reported into Tremaine after a mission. We all know that you've been taken to his office with its very disconcerting artwork and the beautiful views of Coruscant. But as soon as you are taken into the the ISB headquarters, you would normally take a right to get to where Tremaine's office is. They nudge you to take a left. I follow directions. They're taking me to a larger conference area uh, for a debriefing. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. I did the mission. I did the mission. I did the mission. I did the mission. You are taken to a conference room of sorts. It is a very barren conference room. It's the sort of conference room that has one-way glass. Oh, okay. So that kind of conference. Delightful. I take a seat and I try to, again, try to look as calm as I can. And you're left waiting there. Ten minutes. 20 minutes. My knee starts bouncing. 45 minutes. I stand up, start pacing. Finally, I hammer on the glass. I have other things I need to be doing. And the door opens, and it is Inquisitor Tremaine. Tremaine. I'm sorry that I didn't come directly to the ISB. It was late. I figured that I'd come in the morning. Were your orders not to report to me immediately about the findings? The findings were as they were. There was a slave rebellion, some... Tradotians were missing, and nothing was taken. We lost some slaves. Tremaine is holding a data pad, and he's reading it as you are reciting exactly what is on the pad. Yeah. Yes, so your report says, take a seat. I take a seat, and my knee does not bounce. I'm cool as a wampa. The table that you're sitting at is a plain Durasteel table. There's no place for binders, so you've got that going for you. But very plain, simple table, one chair that you sat in on one side, and one chair on the other side, which Tremaine stands behind. Your report is interesting. No more interesting than any other slave rebellion that we've discovered. Your report is interesting for what it leaves out. I've left nothing out. So give me a deception roll. So this is going to be two reds and a purple. I'm also going to add one setback die because of your several several threats that you said you had earlier. Three failures and two threats. I nailed that. I still have my lightsaber on me, right? Yeah. You were not disarmed. Tremaine very slowly looks up from the pad in his hand to your face. And of course, there's that one cybernetic eye that's completely dead. And his good eye looks very much the same. You've seen many, many faces of Tremaine over the last... Six, seven years that you've been training with him? You've never seen this before. I kind of leaned back in my seat, knowing that I wasn't as convincing as I had hoped. Castian, we have been together a long time, have we not? Yes, we have, sir. I found you. I rescued you from the dreck of a mine. I gave you everything you have. And you repay me with lies? It's not a lie, sir. I was, I was following orders. The table lifts up and slams against the wall. Of course, with him using the force. I scuttle back. Sir, I was following orders. After we talked, I, yes, I, I, after we talked, I got a message, a naval code. It was a naval code asking for the memory core. I, I was following orders. It was highly classified. It's all I know. What code? I recite it to him. It's an older code, but it checked out. 
I, I was following orders. It was, I, I dropped the information off with a, a Pantorian. That's why I was in the, in, in the park, sir. Tremaine stands back up. And as quickly as that unfamiliar coldness fell over his face, it disappears and returns to just impassive. You know, his, his standard look is very blank. Very interesting. Yes, sir. We shall be investigating this Pantorian. Yes, sir. He was, it was in a white cloak. You, sh- you, there might be visuals at the park. There were cameras, I'm sure. I, I, I assure you, I, it was a proper code. I, I followed orders. It was classified. I, 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 I did what I was supposed to. And what did your orders say from either me or this naval code regarding what to do with the slaves when they were discovered? It, there was no, there was nothing. There was no, no, nothing. I was to, I was to see why this distress signal was released and find out. And that's what I did. And that, that, that is what I put in the, put in on the data pad, sir. Tremaine begins to pace a little bit. He's tapping the data pad against one open palm as he's, you know, considering for a moment. And he pauses and he steps in front of you and he leans in incredibly close. His face is just an inch from yours. You can feel his hot breath on your skin as he whispers to you. Castian, this is your last chance. Should you come clean about what really happened, it is the only chance I have to protect you. Cassian lowers his gaze towards the floor. The Trandoshans weren't following orders. I put them down. Seeing that I did not want the slaves to have their way with the facility, I thought it was best if they just were gone. So they left. It was the Trandoshans' faults. If they listened to me, then they, everything would have been fine. They, they attacked me. Tremaine stands back up. Interesting. So you wish to amend your report? Yes. Tremaine holds up the hand that doesn't have the data pad in it, and the table moves back in front of you. And he places the pad on top of the table. You have ten minutes. And he walks out. Guess I amend it to as he sees fit. I push that the Trandoshans refuse to follow my orders. I ask that them not to hurt or destroy any property of the Empire. They refused. There was a brief struggle. I felt my life was in danger. I thought by taking out their leader, the other Trandoshans would fall in line, and they didn't. And I had to dispose of them. In your discussion of disposing of them, do you admit to essentially tampering with a crime scene to cover your tracks? For the good of the Empire, I was forced to use force powers, thus I took away any evidence that any powers were displayed in such a way, which I guess, I suppose, could look like tampering. I, 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 did, I did what an Inquisitor is supposed to, to place deniability that the force exists. And one other thing of note did happen at this asteroid mine. No, I don't think it did. You, of course, had a interaction with Gal Nuri, the leader of the slave rebellion. I do admit that I had to figure out what to do with the slaves. There were a lot of slaves. I am just one agent. I could kill a lot of them, probably, but they could probably pile on me. So I, I thought the best order was to just let them go. So yes, I, I spoke. I spoke to the leader, made a deal of getting the hell out of there. She saw nothing of the massacre. Um, she saw the results, and it was fine. It was it was a short discussion, really, uh, just a, sh- a sharing of ideas. Mostly, I was sharing. She didn't really contribute at all. If this was show and tell, she'd suck. 
so yeah, I'm, I talk about us talking briefly, but I make it, I paint it as me saying, get out and then getting out. That's all. That's all they need to know. Like, they got their answers. I killed some Trandoshans. I'm bad. I hid the evidence because I didn't want any evidence of me using the force or my lightsaber on Trandoshans. Uh, just, just, I was being a good inquisitor. I'm fine. I'm fine. I did the mission. I, I did the mission. I did the mission. And it takes you about the full 10 minutes to write out this full report slash confession of everything that happened at the mine. And you don't have a chronometer on you, but you're positive that the moment that 10 minutes is up is when that door opens again to bring Tremaine back in. I slide the data pad across the table. He picks it up and he takes a minute to read it. He's nodding along. Nods. Nods. Reaches the end. He puts the pad behind his back, standing at ease. I take a deep breath. This is good. At ease is good. I also stand. And as soon as you stand, Tremaine's eyebrow raises. I lower myself back down. This is an interesting report, Inquisitor Saya. Thank you, sir. It does seem that you were put in a difficult situation. Yes, absolutely. But the mission was a success. I, everyone uh, got what they needed. The Navy got what they needed. You got what you needed. The shipments were there. Everything's fine. Castian, what would you say if you were informed that your efforts to hide the evidence were not 100% complete? I don't know what you mean, sir. I, that's exactly what happened. There was a struggle. I had to kill the Trandoshans. I told the slaves that they needed to leave. Tremaine slams a holographic emitter on the table. He presses a button on the back to activate it, and springing to life in the middle of the table in midair, kind of green and grainy, but still very obviously the mining area that you had been in, the site of the massacre. This is obviously very shortly after the massacre, as you see bodies in the background, and you see yourself in the center of the room, and Gelnuri Tand. As I said, I spoke with her briefly to tell her to get out. Keep watching. And the hologram does not have audio, but you do see Galnuri kneel down in front of you, and she presses her hand against your face. And after that is when you start pointing that they can go. She touched my face. Should I have added that? It was nothing. It was nothing. It was an exchange. She had mercy because she saw that because the Trandoshans, she mistaked my killing the Trandoshans as an, uh, as me wanting to help her. She, I, I, that's why I informed her to leave. it, It was nothing. She, it was misplaced respect towards me. Misplaced respect from a known rebel sympathizer. He replays the, the scene again. You see her kneel in front of you and touch your face, and you let them go. I let... It was better to get the slaves out of there. It, it, he replays it again. She kneels in front of you. She touches your face. You tell her to go. What do you want from me, Tremaine? Did you want me to slaughter them all? This was one of your tests, wasn't it? This was a test. You wanted me to get rid of the slaves. You knew this was a slave rebellion. You sent me. You wanted me, what, to massacre them? Throw them out with the Trandilshan filth? There was no point. I did the mission. I did everything. I did not fail. Your mission as an agent of the Empire is to put down rebellion, is to hunt down Jedi. And here we have 
evidence of you failing. They are slaves. They have no power. Or did she? He plays it again. She kneels in front of you. She touches your face. He I grab the emitter and slam it against the wall. Tremaine, you know me. I served the Empire ever since you found me. Ever since you brought me here at 16, I have worked. I have killed. I have bled. I have done everything. And now you're angry because I didn't kill some slaves? The slaves! What would be the point? The point is to demonstrate your loyalty to the Empire and your loyalty to me. Take him away. He looks towards the door, and it opens, and four stormtroopers come in. My hand drops to my blade. I spend a destiny point, and Tremaine holds up his hand, and faster than you can reach for it, the lightsaber is in his hand. And he activates it. I don't know if this is actually lightsaber etiquette, but I want it to be lightsaber etiquette. You don't activate another man's saber. So this is just an indication of how disappointed he is. Where are they taking me, Tremaine? Where we take all traitors to the Empire. Just four stormtroopers. Out of respect, we thought we didn't need to have a show of force against someone who is weaker. My character grits his teeth. Tremaine, this is a mistake. You know me. We've worked together. We're we're friends. The Empire does not make mistakes. I guess he takes a step towards the stormtroopers then. He has no weapons on him at all. He knows how futile this is. Doesn't hold up his hands. He keeps them at his side and he just walks towards the stormtroopers. And the four stormtroopers stand two in front of you, two behind you, essentially forming a square around you. And as you approach the stormtroopers, stormtroopers all look alike, correct? Yes. They are cookie cutter. They are not supposed to be individuals in any sort of way. They are supposed to act as a unit in the name of the Empire. One of them, you notice, does not have a perfectly spotless armor. Over one shoulder, you see a couple of scuffs that obviously he attempted to buff out, but wasn't quite successful. I don't care. I just, this is fine. Where are they marching me to? They start taking you towards the holding cells. So the holding cells are down below. So that's in a, they're taking me to the turbo lift. Yes. There's just stormtroopers around me. At the moment, yes. I, you're out in the hallways of the ISB now, so there are other Imperial agents walking around. You pass the eighth brother and the ninth sister. She looks so smug as you are basically frog-marched past her. I see the smug look on the ninth sister's face. and No, no, I'm going to punch her. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to do what she's done to me a lot. I'm bloodying her nose. So that is going to be a cool roll for you to see if you get the drop on her. Two successes, one advantage. All right, that beats hers. So jump at her. Give me a brawl roll. Two purples. And one setback die. Two successes. Which I think just does like two strain because you're... Yeah, I clock her across the jaw. And she's going to hit back. You know, this is this is instinctual right now. She gets the, the exact same result. So this is, this is like a, a childhood playground fight of the two of you just swinging left and right at each other. And you, know, you get a couple of good jabs in at her. She gets a couple just as good back at you. The two of you are giving and getting in equal measure. Pickpocketing her. I'm going to see if I can grab like a blade. Like, I don't think I get her lightsaber, but I'm seeing if she has like a vibroblade. She's a horrible person. She likes cutting people. 
Uh, so let's make that a skullduggery roll. Sure. No, no successes and two threats. So as you are reaching towards her belt, the stormtroopers finally start to pull the two of you apart, and your hand is very obviously like still outstretched as you're pulled away. <laughs> so everybody knows you know, the, the stormtroopers chatter at each other a bit about restraining you. Oh, so they put the restraints on me. Yes. And the ninth sister, she stands up. You'd knocked her to the ground, and she you know, wipes her hand under her nose, wiping away some of the, the blood, and you know she... With the heel of her hand, the base of her hand, she touches at her lip and she looks at the blood that is left there. And she says to two of the stormtroopers, I'll take over. The stormtroopers look at each other, but she outranks them by a lot. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to take the place of two of those stormtroopers. So they escort me to the turbo lift? Yes. Two stormtroopers and the ninth sister. I enter the turbo lift with my hands behind me now because I have restrainers on me. And as the doors close, I look towards her and say, you got some red on your face. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars, Force, and Destiny. Please follow Fandible on Twitter and Facebook and share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also be found on Patreon if you wish to make a monthly donation that helps us keep our equipment up to date and travel to gaming conventions to meet listeners like you. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.